I with you. I, I, I with I with you. What the fuck is I wrong? with I'm you? A, I'm fucking stupid. I fuck. So what? No. So no more guns. This is me, kind of, or this is him, kind of saying, <laughs> "Dude, what is wrong?" With you? <laughs> so you're writing these songs now. Tell me, what are you thinking when you wrote this song? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we take a different album from a different band or artist and we break it down. We do all the research we could possibly do. We find out all the secrets about these records and we let everyone else know. We let everyone in on in on the secret. Uh, my name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there, right there, is Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there while you're listening. Please give us a five-star rating on there. That would mean the most to us. Please do that. Uh, reach out to us on the social medias uh, at Asinine Radio is our handle. You could also uh, call us, leave us a voicemail, send us a text message. Uh, we might you know, take a suggestion if you want to hear something. Uh, the phone number is 503-893-5307. We also have a Discord server. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link. It's all over our socials, too, so get into that. And that's it for the boring intro. Yeah. So, Jeff, what are we doing today? We are doing Angels and Airwaves in their album Life Forms.
Angels and Airwaves, formed in 2005 in San Diego, California, by Tom DeLonge on vocals and guitar, David Kennedy on guitar, Adam Willard on drums, and Ryan Sin on bass. They currently have five full-length records, four EPs, and one compilation. But that one we're doing today is Life Forms. It's the band's sixth record, and it was released September 24th, 2021. It features Tom DeLonge on guitar and vocals, or vocals, guitar, whatever. Uh, David Kennedy on guitar, Elon Rubin on drums and guitar, and Matt Rubano on bass. Now, Jeff, what is, uh, what's your origin story with Angels and Airwaves, like most people don't already know? Uh, what do you got? Go! Hello? Oh, yeah, there's, there's my volume knob. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what? this for five years. What an idiot. <laughs> And it's funny because I was I was I was actually calling you out on a mistake that you were making, but then I I also made a mistake. So I didn't know if what I was the mistake I, I was. I don't making? I don't feel if I, I don't even know if I feel comfortable like calling you out on your mistake now. What was the mistake? I think that you said that they have five full length albums out. I said, no, I said six. I know, I know, I know. That's what you wrote, but I think that you said five. I'm pretty positive I said six. I am pretty positive you said five, and then when you said this is their six, I was like, okay, well, you just said fine. So I pushed my glasses up with my middle finger, yeah, like that, <laughs> and then also put my volume knob down. But I mean, that's it's all Potting irrelevant hard. at this point because my volume was down, and, and all of my points now mean nothing. So my first, yeah, my first impressions of this, um, I don't, I, I, I don't know, I don't remember how. I don't remember if it was you or if it was me. I just remember at some point we were heavily invested into Angels and Airwaves and even so much that we went to their their first show. And then we went to their second surprise pop-up show the, the fucking day after. We mm-hmm. went to Pomona and we went to Chain Reaction. And it's the same fucking show, but we were but we were there for both of them. And the chain reaction one was <laughs> way more intimate, as we had talked about off the pod. The place holds two hundred and fifty people, yeah. so we saw Angels and Airwaves at a pop up show when nobody really knew who they were, what was going on at a venue that holds two hundred and fifty people, and yeah. uh, that was in our phase where we liked flipping off the. Um, the band and Tom DeLong thought it was funny and we flipped Tom DeLong off the entire time being <laughs> we, we we were never like front row people. We were always like three deep because three yeah. deep you're still getting the front row vibe, but then you're also in immediate access of the pit. If I want to jump in the pit, I'm gonna go in the pit. If I don't want to be in the pit, I can still be in the front row. So I think like three deep is, is like the perfect place to be at a show. That's where we were. And our hands True. were fully extended, middle fingers up, and I'll never forget. Like everybody, every band that we've ever done this to has always been butthurt by it, Not except Tom. for Tom. Like he thought it was fucking hilarious, and like he mm-hmm. kept looking back at us, and he thought it was so fucking funny. And I just, I, I, I don't know. That's always stood out to me as just being. Like, dude, you, you're not, you've not changed. Like, your music has changed, but you as a person has not changed. I think that is what draws us to Tom, is what draws us to Angels and Airwaves. Is even though the music has changed, Tom has not changed. And there's still, there's still what we love about Tom in Angels and Airwaves. And, and even still today, he's still grown up and he's, he likes different things. And his lyrics are vastly different than the Blink era of, of, of lyrics and Buddha. 
but he's still the same type of person. He's mm-hmm. grown up a little bit, but he's still the same person. His heart's still there. His heart's not all gone. Okay, it's oh, not. Okay, okay. Dude, that was on a whim. That was on a whim. <laughs> I threw that out. Quite so the reference. Quick. Quite the reference. Yes. <laughs> so my first impressions. I don't know. I don't know when it came to pass, but I but I do remember being there in the beginning stages, and and I'm happy that we were. I really am. Those are yeah, some of the fucking coolest shows I've ever been to. This is. Uh, I mean, obviously, our origin story is the same because I. Following Blink is so so much. Like we were just following them so intently at the time, and even now to this day, we still follow them so much. It's but gross. Um, I know. Yeah, it's fucking weird. But at this point in time, you know, it was like, who's going to release the song first? Is it going to be Mark or is it going to be Tom? Yeah. Mark released the song first, or the song leaked first. Leaked. You know, no, it isn't leaked. So we obviously love that song, and and we were just you know waiting for tom to do his rebuttal and the rebuttal was the adventure it leaked early it leaked on i i found it on some torrent site you know way back when and and then at that point i had burned it onto a cd because that's what we were doing we're still burning some cds and i remember i told you this is when i worked at tower records i said meet me at the tower records parking lot at this time so we could listen to the new angels and airways record or the new song the adventure and you met me on my lunch at Tower Records, and we sat in the parking lot in my car, and we listened to the song probably like four or five times. And we were just like blown away by it. Could not believe it. I, I, re- I remember this now. You like, do remember that? It's yeah. so fucking pathetic. It's so pathetic. Like That's so dumb. Like, these, like, I don't know, dude. Any kind of person this... In this day and age, we'll just not have any idea what that will be like, and it's just they just don't understand, man. It was a different time. God, there was so much writing on this song. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that that was our origin story, and then you know, by the time we saw them at the Glass House and Chain Reaction the next day, or two days later, I don't remember, but when we saw them, they had already so the adventure had leaked, obviously, uh, and then I think Distraction had leaked. And then the war and Valkyrie missile had leaked. So by the time we saw them, we already knew four songs because we listened to those four songs religiously. We knew them front to back at that point. So when we were there, I just remember hearing those songs for the first time live was just, it was unreal, man. It was, it was just unreal. Those two shows. And it's just being obsessed with that record when it came out and, we saw them several times over the years or yeah, you and I saw them a couple times after that. Just with taking back Sunday. After, I think yeah. Yeah. Me. When they opened taking back Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And then the other, cause I saw them four times after that. And those were with Tammy. Cause I saw those three shows during the I empire tour. And then I saw them once at, at Jimmy Kimmel in like 2012. <laughs> they, they played Jimmy Kimmel and they played like five songs. And then, so yeah, I saw those are the only times I've seen them. Oh, and then I saw them two years ago. When in 2019, right before COVID hit, I saw my house of blues. But anyway, yeah, they they just it's just so much nostalgia, especially with that first record. I fucking love it. So let's uh, let's move on from that from our origin story. Let's get into uh, Life Forms, the new record came out mm. just a few weeks ago, and I'm totally stoked. We, we're getting into this right now. Um, let's let's before we kind of. Should we do first impressions on the record or should Dude, we start with any me, bro. What do you want to do? Guide me. 
I don't know. So you know, let's not do first impressions. Let's just jump right into the record. This is and we'll this talk- is this is your band post Wooden Toe. Post Wooden Toe, yes. So so let, let let's start let's start with any stinkers. Do we have any stinkers off of Life Forms? No, not even no, not no, even no. close. Agreed. I have zero stinkers on this one. Let's uh let's just jump into our biggest banger and then we'll just kind of obviously fill in the blanks here and there with like you know any sort of extra thoughts. So. What's your biggest banger off of uh, Life Forms? Go. Uh, all right. So I will not answer your question by doing what I want. And Life Forms, we had heard a lot of songs before Life Forms came out. Rebel Girl, Euphoria, Kiss and Tell. Like we've heard a lot of these songs before it came out. And I had held out because we bought the vinyl. We're into this new vinyl thing. I've, yeah. I, I held out to listening to it in its entirety until I got my vinyl ready, until I got it in the mail. And yes. I finally got it. And let me just say, like, like as far as vinyl pressings go, not only is the color just fantastic, like they did a killer job at pressing just a color variant of the vinyl. I think it looks great. I think the pressing sounds fantastic. But then they add the little foil to the outside, the jacket. The yeah, it's all cool. inside of a foil. I I've never seen that before ever, and this is coming from a guy who was only collected for a little over a year now. But I mean, we're talking five to eight thousand vinyl records have passed through these fingers, and I have <laughs> never once seen anything like this. It is Pretty so cool. fucking cool. It is so cool. It's so spacey. It's so NASA looking. It's yeah, so yeah. amazing. I, I I absolutely just love it. And uh, so all that aside, the first time I listened to this album through and through was on vinyl. And <laughs> I think that's why. So this is the second week in a row where my favorite track has been the opening track. And and I think that's like this may be this may be a pattern. This may be a pattern of, of of me liking like the opening track because I'm listening to it first on vinyl. So Time Bomb is my favorite, right? My it's my one B. My biggest okay. banger. All right. Awesome, awesome. Biggest banger. So so we'll get into that. I guess I guess I should have we should have done first impressions first on this one. I, well, I just did it. That you was my say ball. It. I, was I, my I just did it. Use your ball. I know, yeah, I right. know, I know. But you you're like guide me, guide me, and then I tried to and you're like, I know no, I'm not gonna I, do that. I, I'm not gonna do I, that. I, I thought you were gonna go there and then I said guide me and then you went the other way. So Yeah. So you fucked up. Yeah. More no, than no, me. I fucked up. How did I fuck up? That <laughs> I complete opposite. I threw you a bone and you fucking got hit in the face with it. And you missed it. Uh I will say too, the um the record it the the vinyl thing with the 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 silver packaging it just went so well in theme with what they were doing leading up to it because we we did talk about this on the pod uh, a couple months ago but a few months ago i had signed up for i thought it was just like a, a an email newsletter an email list for, on the website oh, i forgot about this and then like two three weeks later i get this package in the mail and i'm like what the fuck is this like i didn't order anything and it wasn't like for it wasn't from amazon it wasn't a record so i'm like what the hell is this i was actually kind of nervous and then i and then i looked at the label and it said rise records and i thought the only thing i've ordered from rise was like afi i didn't even think about angels and airwaves and i just didn't know what the fuck it was and then i opened it and it was a tape recorder and then it said it was said angels and airwaves it came with like this this just a piece of paper with like a bunch of redacted stuff like it would look like a, a classified document and and it was a, literally a tape player 
a little cassette tape player like a Walkman with little earbuds and and yeah it was just it was like a just a hype thing that they had sent out to like the first 200 people who had signed up I guess for this email list and on it was just like a short clip of Euphoria the song Euphoria I think it was Euphoria and uh it was like a 10 or 15 second clip of that song and then just like chatter between like navy pilots or something like that you know talking about like a some sort of you know ufo or something it was something really weird like that but it was just like a as cheesy and as and dumb as it was it was such a cool way to like hype up fans and just kind of make you feel good like i don't know it, it was just it was so bizarre it was so dumb but super cool at the same time and i still have that tape recorder and everything I've, I've, I've never i don't know i've just never heard of anything like that mm-hmm. like that's that's so beyond i don't know going like above and beyond that's so beyond that even to yeah. send to, i don't know, to send a fucking tape recorder what do you what is the fucking 90s like a <laughs> no, tape recorder so cool. what not even like yeah. a little like a flash drive dude they could they could have bought flash drives for for 10 cents right 20 cents and sent, the, sent those out but they sent like a tape recorder and that's just that's yeah. so cool. That's and it was so cool. rad. It was cool too because like on the on the cassette player, it uh it had like a pe- like a piece of masking tape that they had put on it and like r- I forgot what it was written on it. I should have looked before I started the pod. But yeah, it was like they they put like a piece of masking tape on every single uh cassette player and hand wrote whatever. I don't remember what it was, like case number or something. I don't remember. Ugh. But it was very it was super DIY, but it was so so like in, I guess intimate would be the right word or just something so personal. It was super cool. It was super super cool. I'm stoked. And then and then I posted about it on my Instagram and within like a minute I had like seven people asking to buy it for like a hundred dollars. Fuck. But I yeah I didn't I didn't do it. I kept that's, it. But that's one for like, the collection, baby. It was like instantaneous. Like I got all these requests to buy it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty, if, pretty if pretty it cool. was if it was like within the first five minutes and people want it for a hundred, it's worth a thousand. It's something so dumb. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So so it, it kind of goes in theme with with the the liner notes of the record where everything is kind of like it's classified documents, but it's also redacted. But then it's redacted, and then that goes with like like the the foil that goes around it. I think it was a play on uh, like the the stuff that was found in Roswell in the forties. You know the the foil, the tinfoil looking stuff that they had supposedly found at the crash site yeah. in Roswell. So I think it was a play on that and just the whole the whole theme and the whole idea behind this record was really it was fun. It was it was fun. It was cool. So I really dug it. But with that being said, uh let's uh let's get into your biggest banger first. Or should we talk or actually should we talk about what we already played? Uh what do we play? We played Kiss and Tell. Oh, Kiss and Tell. Yeah, let's let's get Kiss and Tell out of the way. Okay, so because that's my two B. That's my one B. Kiss and Tell is my one B. <laughs> it's so it's, good. Kiss and Tell is a top five. It's a top five angel song, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> top five angel song. I think it's just it, it's a perfect song. Oh. Right, right from the get go, you know, it's it's that it's that synth buildup, and then once it like breaks into the main song, you, you get the woo. You hear Tom go woo. And it's it's so cheesy, man. It is so cheesy, but it gets me so pumped every time, without fail. It gets me so pumped. So, I, dude, I, I fucking I, I love the song. I one I one hundred percent agree. I think I think, dude, this song is set up like a Blink song. Tom's riffage mm-hmm. is back. It's a very cool chorus. 
that's got highs and lows. The lows could be Mark. Like the way mm-hmm. it's all set up is just it's very much like Tom getting back. And I think a lot of this album overall is getting back to the self entitled era of Blink and then also a little bit of the neighborhood sound. So Tom is getting back again to basics. Kind of what I mentioned earlier in the rankings. Tom is going mm-hmm. back to what he is really, really good at. And then you got the woes in the end. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Good, good times. Like, you cannot... Are you mean in the choruses? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you cannot... You cannot... I don't know. You can't... You can't beat Tom doing woes in perfect capacity like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's verse... Like, the verse melody is very similar to... To Taylor Swift, you're not you're gonna hate me on this, but to the Taylor fine. Swift song "Blank Space," I don't know that the song. song "Blank Space" chorus melody. Okay, is this is almost damn near identical to the verse melody of this, but overall, the song is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he the in the verses too, the way he hits the highs and the low, the da na 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 na. Wait, no, how does he do it? He's like. Ah, uh, he has a way of delivering the lines and the the melody and the verses are so weird. It's a little red cherry. It's it's like at the end of every line, he like goes he gets higher in his Yeah, that's that's the that's the Taylor Swift that, thing. Is yeah. it Taylor Swift? Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's gonna be forever or it's oh, gonna go down in I know flames. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about now. <laughs> it's pretty fu- it's fucking <laughs> similar. That's all right. That's and I love I, I just love singing the first two lines of the chorus when he goes it's a little bit scary or no, wait, no, he doesn't say it that way. He says, um, I oh, know it's so scary. Like he, scary. Has, he draws out the, the scary and then uh, it's a bit of pain is the second line. And just the way he kind of draws out those, those, those two words of scary and pain. It, oh, I love it. It's so much fun to sing. It's so cheesy and dumb, but I love it. And the, and the, the, what, Oh, it says on genius lyrics that they're saying no, no, but it sounds it's their woes. No, woes. no, yeah, no. I, I, I don't know. Like, like the lyrics. I shouldn't even look because I have it on vinyl. But then I bought the autograph one, and then I sold it to buy. It. And then I bought, I, I, I bought three of these copies, and I sold two, and then I bought one that's not autographed. So I didn't see if there's a uh, a lyric sheet within that booklet. There is. There, the, all the lyrics are in the booklet. Oh. So there's, some he, re- there's some really cool artwork in there too. Honestly, I don't like the woman pose, like that that what? Michelangelo fucking yeah, what da is Vinci it? thing, the, like Vesuvius or uh, no the Venus or what is it fucking called? I think it's like Da Vinci's uh, painting of of like the perfect man. Yeah, but it, it's it based off of that. Yeah, it's based off of that, but it has a name. I'm trying to. Uh, oh, Vitruvian man, Vitruvian man. That's what yeah. I don't, I don't speak, I don't fucking speak Spanish yet. I don't know what that is. So I think it's Italian. <laughs> it's Italian. That's fine. I don't, I don't speak German. So yeah, that that's based <laughs> off of like like Da Vinci's Perfect Man. I don't like that cover. I don't like that pose. I think it's ugly. Really? I don't like it. It's just weird looking. I think it's weird looking in a way that makes you think that the album itself is going to be like like almost prog rock, like Mars Volta-esque, that type yeah. of weird. I get that that weird, uneasy feeling. I don't I don't feel like it's beautiful enough because this, this album is presented in a sort of 
beautiful way. Like if you've ever watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind at the very end when he actually goes mm. onto the spaceship, it's not it's not like an aggressive meeting between the aliens and then the, the men. It's, it's like a beautiful meeting. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what this album is. It is, is it's very, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very nice. It's very beautiful. It's very, uh, it's very run of the mill, I guess. I can't think of a better phrase to put it, All right. but, but that album cover makes me feel that it's going to be like spiders and shit. I don't know. Crawl inside of her. <laughs> I don't like the album cover. Whatever. I I don't. I don't. I don't like. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the album cover. I don't like it at all. That's fair. I. I think it's. I think it's a good. It's a good cover for me. And and when you when you look at the all the artwork within the liner notes, or the booklet, I guess you want whatever you want to call it. It's kind of, kind of. I don't know. It makes it seem like this girl is like being experimented on by the government, and it's. It seems like something a little bit more nefarious. And secretive and, and, you know, and I feel like that kind of goes along with the theme of everything that led up to this record with like the cassette player and the, the fucking silver thing that comes in. And I don't know. I, I dig it. I dig yeah. It. I, see, I, I thought that also, but that girl's the same girl from the video. Mm-mm. Not I know it's, it's not, not the, the same. same it's not the same girl, but her little bowl cut from her bangs and the fact that her hair's on the side and and the girl from the video who has a bright blonde wig on clearly because she had the dark eyebrows and it's I not a blonde wig it's all real baby that's not a come on guy I, yeah. I I I just I think that like man dude Tom DeLong just conceptually on this album is just he's lost and and. <laughs> And to push some type, and to push a lot of societal issues forward, including like racism, including like toxic max masculinity, and then feature in every one of his fucking videos, like girls in their underwear, is just like, dude, come on, choose a fucking side. You're too old I for this shit, dude. Get, I wouldn't get say, over it. See, I I feel like lyrically, he he only touches like on a political thing in one song, maybe two songs there's three songs that are very very political one song is is just dumb like one song was the closest i would come to a stinker but it's nowhere near a stinker but it would be the closest i would come to a stinker but again it's not a stinker okay and that's i mean we'll get into that later i guess but but like overall this like the videos are dumb for this album the videos are dumb even though some of the videos try and do something cool like the one where where like the girl's stealing something from that guy and then giving it to another person to Mm -hmm. to race off on the motorcycle to expose secrets (laughs) like the way she steals it like why does she have to use sex to steal secrets why can't she use like her intelligence or anything else. Like, why does it have to fucking Maybe that's real life. Maybe that's, that's why. That's irritating. That's fucking Maybe annoying. Maybe it's real life. But for a progressive thinking album like this is, and the way that it, it, it wants you to or believe it's that it's just... progressive thinking, that's annoying. Because there are several songs on here that are strictly about, like, government interference, about, like, racism in America, about toxic masculinity, like I said. For mm-hmm. a, a very progressive album that this is trying to progress, the, the pretend to be, to use like sex to steal something is just, it's low hanging fruit, and I think that's, that's like almost Tom's fatal flaw. He's always going for the low hanging fruit when he could be better, yeah. when he could really, really try to do something better, 
And I think he always goes for the low hanging fruit. In some easy. cases, yeah. Mm. But I, I, I don't know. I it, lyrically on on this entire record, I don't feel like he's he really goes too deep into anything. I think everything is pretty much like at face value and or not face value, but more just like about relationships with with people, but from more of their perspective or from both perspectives. Like I feel like there are a few songs where he talks about the perspective of not only himself, but also the person he's in a relationship with, whether it be a friend or a girlfriend or whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I agree. I think overall, I think this is about being in relationships, whether it be with significant others or friends or family or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the trials and tribulations with such people. But like I said, there are three specific songs that I, I are clearly in the one of them like my god it's like fucking night and day like lyrically he <laughs> is clearly he's clearly calling things out and yeah. so like i don't know i don't know like the, the guy's been being made fun of for 20 years mm-hmm. and yeah. to put a record out like this which could have been like it's really good. I I feel like I'm shitting on it a lot, but I'm really not because I think it's really really good. I think the it's presentation amazing. of it's fantastic. I think the packaging is great. I, like at this point, I'm just like nitpicking. I think it could have just been done a little bit better. But like, who the mm-hmm. fuck am I to criticize? Like, I don't know. It's still yeah. really fucking good. Yeah. Overall, like this is this is just I I think it's just a really fantastic record. And dude, I I really don't have anything negative to say about it. I really don't. I really, really don't. Some cheesy moments, obviously, but that's that's Tom. I mean, when has he not been cheesy at times? I mean, look at Love Is Dangerous. He's he's Fucking he's cheesy as fuck. Uh, but like, to be fair, he is kind of like low hanging fruit, Tom. And and if he sees an opportunity to get like a cheap thrill, he'll he'll take it no matter what. Yeah, but what's wrong with that? Who cares? There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. It's it's great. It's still fun. It, but like my 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 complaint with. With that is is when you package things as such, or you package things more so like this one, it's like you got that fucking that thing in the mail. You know what I mean? Like these are yeah. like this is so unheard of. Like I've n- I've not been alive <laughs> to see any band do anything like this ever, and they pulled it off pretty well. But they didn't pull yeah. it off like legendary. But they pulled it off pretty well. Yeah, it was a cool. It was a great idea, really cool idea. But like to squander a good idea, and when I say squander, they they, they didn't blow it. It just it was like B effort, as far as like the release <laughs> is concerned. Uh, all right, all right. So l- let's get back into Kiss and Tell. Uh, this did have a video. The video did. It, it's the same girl. She was in like three of the music videos. I think it was. Uh, but this one is like. The video in this for this song is she's like his girlfriend, but then she like gets they break up or they get mad and then she ruins their music video set. It's kind of a dumb. Yeah, it's actually it's a dumb fucking video. dumb. This is the worst yeah. video that they had. <laughs> and we talked about how dumb Rebel this Girl, was. Rebel we, Girl is pretty bad too. But. We we talked about how dumb this was when we first saw it too. It was yeah, it's just yeah. stupid. It's it's not like it's not like bad dumb. It's just like what the fuck is this? Dude, you you're way too yeah. old for this shit. This is. This is Toy Page era dumb video of Blink. Come on, you better. Than <laughs> but that, this. that doesn't it take away that doesn't take away from the song because the song is the best song on the record. And oh my god, dude, the song no, is 
it's the second. Amazing. It's the second best song. You're right. Well, it's yes. the best song. It is yeah. the best song. And uh, so, what, what do we have? I mean, what have we talked about musically? I don't yeah. even know. Well, he. So he's like he's Tom. When I say he, I mean Tom. He has come out and talked a lot about these songs, and he's he has said that this song is about balancing on the edge of a razor blade, doing something you're not supposed to be doing, and then although you might die while doing it, still very much keeping your feeling alive. Could he, could he be any more ambiguous? Than that? That's cool. Exactly. Like, come <laughs> on, bro. And that's 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 like most of his his like descriptions about what he's writing on this album is. And, and it's so annoying. It's so annoying because some sometimes his lyrics, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I don't either. Like, sometimes I'm I'm kind of like stretching. Like for for the lyrics on this one, I think it's talking. It's like there are parts of the song where it's the perspective of, of him getting dumped by a girl. And then on other parts of the song, it sounds like it's from the perspective of her dumping him. But then I don't, I have no fucking clue. I, I just don't know. Dude, all, all I wrote on this one was, was after I quoted Tom, I quoted yeah. myself and said like, Oh, I quoted myself. I quoted myself. I said, Oh, like a forbidden love. And then dot, dot, dot. Cause <laughs> I, I feel that's all I could get from this. Yeah, I know. His there's, lyrics there's, are there's a, a lot. There's, on a, there's a lot of that on this record. Yeah, you're right. And that's, it is a little rough. That's fine. Whatever. The songs are the songs themselves are really great. So it doesn't even it doesn't even matter at all. That's why it's my two B because it's not it's not quite perfect. It's a little bit flawed. Oh, but it is, man. The song there's, is just. There's one song that's just a little bit better. Okay, let's get into Time Bomb then. Boom, baby, Time Bomb. Oh, what do you got? opening song. The in, dude, so first of all, the intro to this starts off super sick. This reminds me of standing in line for the Riddler at Six Flags. <laughs> like straight up 90s techno so throwback. You know, yeah. you know. You no, know. I know what you're talking about. It's, it's The intro you know. is straight up like a yeah. trippy electronic thing with like robot vocals. It's... The intro reminds me not as aggressive, but the intro reminds me of something like Sandstorm, like that shit from the nineties, yeah. like that type of nineties techno. Yeah. That's how, that's how like aggressive it is in its approach. I like the chords that are used in the back behind the vocals. They're a little melancholy, a little almost like minor chords or something. Like mm-hmm. uh, overall, it just reminds me of of something that could have been off like Dogs or Neighborhood. Tone down the techno a little bit, and that's what this song could have been from. Yeah, and already, no, like already, the first song I'm thinking, like, damn, dude, this would have been a good Blink song. But I, yeah, but I don't think that. Oh, sucks that it's an Angel song. It's more like, damn, this could have been a good Blink song, but I'm glad it's not. That type of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that good, and that chorus. Hey, their little sad girl. Like he has that that <laughs> way of. Pronouncing. I don't even know. The only way I can think of it is just like some like hillbilly country thing. <laughs> I really want to hold ya. Oh, oh my god! Dude, it's, it's so, so good. it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I know it's so incredibly catchy. Hard is like a time bomb. <laughs> Tony, man. So I, I I did notice with with this when I was reading through all the lyrics on this record I feel like as like like individually like every verse and chorus lyrically are really good 
but when you when you read them when you, when you try to read them as a whole that's when it kind of breaks down and it, and it doesn't really make sense to me but i feel like he does have a really good way of of wording things and trying to come to try to make a point like he's he's good at making a point in in a particular verse or whatever but after that it's just it's so hard to make the connection between the verses and the choruses you know what this know album what is like this you know what this album what? is like this album what? is like this album is like in the early two thousands or mid two thousands when when Travis Pastrana was was building like a huge fucking dirt jump and he was and, and Travis Pastrana was like, Oh, I'm gonna do something fucking crazy. You guys never seen nothing before. And then like all this hype and then it comes down to it and he and Travis Pastrana drops down the dirt and he goes off, you know, the lip of it and he mm. does like a double backflip. And like a double backflip on its own on a motorcycle, like that's fucking mind blowing. Yeah. But like, okay, you know, I I expected maybe a quadruple backflip. I guess I don't know, <laughs> maybe a double front flip. Like you know what I mean? Like you expected. Never satisfied. Yeah, exactly. Exact. This album is like that, dude. Like this album is just okay. There's all this build up, the packaging, the the tapes beforehand, like the, some of the lyrics to this. There's all of this build up, and when it's finally released. Like I'm satisfied, but I'm not. I'm not never satisfied. So there's just it's like I don't know, it's like man. you're trying to talk shit on this record, but you just can't do it. I can't. I can't. But there is this feeling inside of me that is a little bit empty because of this, which is what Wooden Toe fills. There is nothing okay. left in me when when I listen to Wooden Toe in its entirety, even though I know that parts of Wooden Toe are damn near trash because they're just so dumb. But I don't feel this emptiness whatsoever inside of me when I listen to Wooden Toe the way I do about this record. <laughs> All right, and, and and that's like the best way I can describe it is 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 expecting a triple backflip, but you only get a double. Like it's so it's so minor and it's so unfair to the per- to the mm-hmm. artist, right? It's so unfair, but it's just the way I feel. Okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. All right, let, let's play. A li- well, Time Bomb is my three B, so that's good. Um, so let- <laughs> watching me, that's good. I don't know. I have no idea why I said it that way. I have no that's idea. good because you're you're that's right on, on your rankings there. I guess. Hmm. <laughs> I have no idea why I said <laughs> it. Fucking guy. so dumb. So, uh, so here, here, I'm going to play a little bit of Time Bomb, and then we'll get into the lyrics and probably some more of the music. So here it is from the Angels and Airwaves.
There you go. Time Bomb from Angels and Airwaves. The opening opening track. Mm. So do you have anything else musically on this or what do you got lyrically? What do you think? What do you what do you, what do you want to do? No, I, I, I thought, I mean, like lyrically, I thought this was about seeing someone you care about who's like maybe self-destructive or on a path of sadness and wishing mm-hmm. you could help more. But, yeah. Yeah, that's what I got. That's kind of what I got too. Like, uh, the this per- I don't even want to say it's like a somebody he's in a relationship with. I feel like it's just somebody who's who's depressed and who's kind of having terrible thoughts and kind of him saying to her like, "This heartbreak won't last forever. This depression won't last forever. There's so many other things to live for." And just kind of him being positive about everything. So that's what yeah. I got lyrically on it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I think it's like one of the more straightforward songs on this record, lyrically at least. There's uh, there's 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 a lot of them, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. Some of his lyrics on this are just rough. Saying. They're okay. rough for me. Uh, all but, right. Uh, do we have anything more on Time Bomb? What do you What do you want to do? No, the, I'm I'm done. Dude, Time Bomb's banger. Time Bomb's good. We uh, my two B was Kiss and Tell. Okay. All right. So my two B is automatic. Wow. So, automatic, probably the most eighty, or it is the most eighties sounding song on this record. Uh, it has one of the the coolest choruses. I think the 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 subtle synth kind of soundscape thing is just sounds so good, along with the like the Cure sounding guitar guitar effects that they have on, uh, and then just that acoustic guitar that's just kind of strumming along through the entire song, just fills in all the little gaps and. And it was just a nice touch. I loved it. I loved it. And my favorite part of this song is in the pre-chorus where Tom says, yeah, or he like sings, yeah, but it should just be, yeah, but he like spreads it out over like three or four syllables. So it almost like, it sounds <laughs> like he says, yeah, multiple times, but he just like really stretches those out. But I, I, I just loved it. it. It sounds so weird and off-putting, but just Tom has a way of delivering these weird ass fucking lines and ways of singing. I dig it. I love it. Yeah. Automatic. I put it as an okay song, Mm. but I did, I did parentheses it. I said almost a B like it was, how many bangers do you have? I have, Oh, I guess seven bangers. Fuck man. You're wild. No, six ba- six point five bangers. Yes, so this this would be my seventh. This this would, this would be my 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 banger, my last banger. This, my this is a half banger. This is a half yeah. banger. Then, yeah, I have six. Out of your mind, man. I have six full bangers, and then this is my halfy. Really, six? Yeah, that's a lot. Are you kidding me right now? You juggling my eyes right now? Dude, I got fucking ten bangers on this one. Oh my god, get out of here! Hey, man, that's the way she goes. Dude, I don't that's make the rules. Crazy talk. That is crazy. I don't make talk. the fucking rules. So like, like automatic. This this one comes off losing my mind, and mm. it does not waste one millisecond to jump back into that fucking electronic organ sound. Like my <laughs> god, what's wrong with that? Holy fuck! There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. Like, well, you're acting like something's wrong with it. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's just like my god that you guys didn't waste any fucking time. But that's fine. This this in the latter half. Of the well, album. it's not fine. You're not you're not acting like it's fine. It's. That sound, ooh! That, that See, sound you're not br- like it's that fine. sound. It's that fine. sound just brings back a lot of negative memories because 
Oof. Because love, like, loved that sound. Love part love. two, loved it even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loved it even more. I, I liked this one a lot at first, at first, but I realized that it's just kind of fast and the drums like, kind of do some of the beats and then utilize like the toms a lot. And it wasn't quite as amazing on subsequent listens. And that's why I demoted it to a not B, but I did write almost a B. And I also kept I also kept waiting for Tom to speed up his vocals and start saying, like fucking animals. Because I swear <laughs> to God, dude, the entire time that's all I could think about was him saying that that, that specific that? line too. I don't know. There's don't nothing know. on the song that, that sounds like that. I don't know. That's all I that's that's what I thought. Fucking that's what animal. I thought. But the chorus is catchy. I mean he's just saying automatic, but the the chorus is catchy. She's automatic. Yeah. Because that that cool way of like that stuttering kind of thing he does. Yeah, that's fine. Dude, wrong you're such a fucking hater. I don't. I don't understand you. You make no fucking sense. I'm just saying. I call him as I see him. That's all I can. But do. you don't. You don't like that kind of like cure esque kind of or cure sounding thing that they're doing on here. Because I'm not a huge cure man, but yeah, I was gonna say. First of all, neither of us listen to the cure in any I capacity, know, and the only time that Blink has ever done anything with the cure is to ruin a really, really, really good album. That is it. What if you ruin it? That's still a good song. <laughs> Use me. Oh God. I know no. It's like an old dude Viper sounds like an old man when he comes in after Tom's No what he sounds like. Fucking asshole. Oh my god. Yeah, so, so automatic. Good, it's, a, it's it's a coming of age song, right? Lyrically it's a coming of age mm-hmm. song. But also like a sort of self-reflective look back on your own life and whether or not you do your mistakes differently. Like in Rebel Girl, he talks about kind of the same, the same mm-hmm. concept. Yeah, I I feel like this is like him saying, or him talking about like being young, not really having like a a set path in life, not really knowing what you want to do, but you have all these big dreams, but you don't have the drive to actually go out and do it. So you're just kind of like stuck in this this rut of monotony. And that's where like the the title automatic comes in. Like everything has just become automatic in life. Like it's just, there's nothing, there's nothing, you dream a lot, but there's nothing that you do to change your your path or your, your outlook, I guess you could say. Mm. Or what's going to be happening to you. That's kind of what I got with it. Yeah. But what the fuck do I know? Yeah, what the fuck do you know? What the fuck do I know? It's your 2B. Makes it is no my two B, and I and I do really want to play it because it is, dude. It's such a fucking banger. Okay. So here's um here's automatic from Angels and Airwaves.
there's a little bit of automatic from Angels and Airwaves. The mm. the second best song on the record. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. That's fine. And uh, I don't know. I guess we can kind of talk about it right now, but the guy who... So pretty much the entire record is, is Tom and then the drummer, Elon. And I guess... Well, I know his brother, Aaron, Elon's brother, Aaron, also co-produced it and engineered this record. And I guess he had like a big influence on a lot of the like little songwriting parts, like a lot of the um, like the little subtle background vocals, like when uh, in in the chorus when the line she's on automatic, the she's on is is like the background vocals, and then Tom comes in and si- sings the automatic. I guess like a lot of those little subtle things were something that Aaron had come up with. Aaron and Elon had come up with to kind of like spruce up the songs a little bit. And I guess it's from what I was like reading and stuff um, and or hearing in various videos was that like it, it was a big thing in the song Euphoria. Like a lot of the, the background vocals were something that Elon and Aaron wanted to do to add to add more to the song and layer the song more and more. But then I'm kind of wondering like, can they layer it, layer it to a fault? Yeah, they can. And, f- and that's, no, I, I, I was I was reading, I mean, I didn't go too in-depth with that, but as far as um, Elon's brother, which I already forgot his name. Aaron, even though Aaron. I said it like four times, but that's funny. I know, you did say it like a lot of times. <laughs> he He's not he's not in the band. He's no. just like a guy that like is helping out, and, and it's just, and this is the first band, this is the first album with, uh, with the original dude back. With David, yeah, but David, yeah, like, my God, he's never David. really had anything to do with it. No, he he's he looks cool. He's got long arms and a lot of tattoos. He looks cool. He looks <laughs> the part. He looks the part. He does. He's a fucking tall guy too. He he's really long arms though. Yeah, yeah, he does. He, really, yeah, now that I think about it, and he and he doesn't play his guitar like Tim Armstrong would. He doesn't like utilize his long arms to where he plays them near his ankles. Like he just. He plays it like a normal thing, like a normal but, waist level, and he's really long fucking arms. But when you when you look at him play guitar with a uh, boxcar racer, he he does play it really fucking low. Does he? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's crazy because like when he was in boxcar racer, he was he did not look the same. Like he was much heavier in weight, and then by the time Angels started, he had lost like all the weight and be got and got really skinny. Oh, but, that's interesting. Yeah, it's super weird. He got super skinny once Angel started, but in Boxcar, if you look at the the videos and stuff, like he was he was a heavier guy, but he plays guitar really fucking well. But anyway, whatever, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so whatever that's worth. I um I, I thought that adding a lot of these little nuances to the songs at this point, you're in post and you're sitting there. And you're like, oh, you know, it'd be cool. Like when we talk about. Like, oh, it would be cool if you just added like another little whoa here or like another little flick here, whatever it is. You're mm-hmm. you're you're putting a final touch on a song to just like kind of assert your dominance over a song. To say that this song is really good, but to make it perfect is his cherry. Which I don't think especially this song is specific specifically and in Euphoria too, because Euphoria is my three B. I don't mm-hmm. think these songs needed those those cherries. I think this, I, these these songs were were damn good, without a lot of these deeper nuance like we've seen or we've heard from them in like love and that that saga of the horribleness. <laughs> but I, I will say I I feel like it 
it sounds okay. It sounds good on automatic, but Euphoria gets a little convoluted. Like there's a lot going on in that song. And then even av- especially after they like I I don't remember who's talked about it, but whoever did, they were saying that that there was a lot of a lot of extra stuff, a, a lot of extra layering on that song, and you could really hear it, really hear it. But but then also it's like yeah, he he is a co-producer and I don't think it's a bad thing. Like if the if the producer comes up with something that that will add to a song, that's fine. I mean, Jerry Finn did it. You know, Critter did it before yeah, he died. He ruined fucking Enema. Yeah, but look at Toy Pash. Look at look at fucking Untitled. Look at the Tiger Army record that Jerry Finn did. You know, it's just he did so many great things. So it's not it's not necessarily a fault when the producer does get involved. So I don't know. It, I I'm not, I'm not opposed to a producer producer getting involved. Unless it's John Feldman, because John Feldman, <laughs> you know. I was, I was just going to say, yeah. unless it was Feldy. Unless it was, unless no, it was Feldy. Yeah, you're right. Like, ultimately, it's up to the band, as their final say, to whether or not they're going to put their foot down and say, no, we're not fucking releasing this, or if they think that it's a good idea. Yeah. So, I no, you're right. Like, it's it's taken in stride, I guess. And I, and I did I did read something interesting that I didn't know about until this week. Um, about the recording of this record was that they what they would do all four members Matt David Tom and and Ilan they would all record demos and then at and then whatever demos that they recorded or ideas that they were that they recorded they would send to I assume it was Ilan it might have been Aaron but I'm pretty sure it's Ilan and Ilan would put like the finishing touches on the song because like I get because the guy is like um like a like a fucking prodigy the guy knows everything about music and like he is very very talented super fucking talented he could play anything but Aaron? i guess like no no no, elon the oh yeah that makes sense yeah and and i guess from what i was reading it sounded like everybody would like come up with demos or parts of songs and then they would send it to elon and then elon would like do the finishing touches and say this is what we should do here this is how we should do this or whatever you know and then and then the song would essentially be like what I'd maybe eighty percent complete, ninety percent complete, and then they go in and record it. So it it was it was kind of a I don't know. It seems like a little weird, kind of a weird way of making a record, but because it's it's like it's like halfway between being collaborative and being, you know, kind of a dictator in the well, band. Well, when you I don't know when you're when you're a band that is kind of specializing in electronic sounds, you don't. You don't quite have that that luxury of saying no, producer. I want you to have less of a role. It's like okay, clearly you're you're going to need a producer that knows how to do a lot of mixing and mastering and post production stuff. That's that's the type of band that that Angels and Airwave are, and mm-hmm. that's what separates this album from Wooden Toe because this is this is like almost night and day different from Wooden Toe. Oh yeah, there's nothing similar. Whereas Wooden Toe is so vastly overproduced, but it's it's in such like a childish way, to where it's endearing, and mm-hmm. the melodies are so there. And again, it's so, it's almost like ahead of its time in regards to, to like electronic pop music, of the mm-hmm. time. It was fucking mid two thousands, to where this is this is extremely polished. Same band. Same kind of overproduction aspect to it, but this is more refined, and so you can't you can't be a band that that wants that that over refinement in post, 
but then also say, no, I don't want that woe there, but I do want that woe there. So you do have to kind of trust your, your producer in that. In, yeah. in, in this, this aspect, it wasn't just Aaron, but also Alon. And if you look at like Alon's report card, all of the bands that he has played with, they're pretty fucking different. Like he's played with a lot of very, yeah. very different bands, just like tempo, genre, just personality. Like the guy, like the guys play with a lot of fucking different bands. He has his own band, right? Like he plays all the yeah, instruments. The, yeah, the new regime. Yeah, when when I saw Angels at the House of Blues in 2019, his band opened for Angels. So he he was the frontman of his own band, and he played guitar and sang. And it, I mean, honestly, he was a pretty good frontman. Like he. He actually was cracking little jokes here and there and but but you could tell he was he's heavily inspired by Jimmy Page. Like he plays the Les Paul. He plays it a little bit lower, not as low as Jimmy Page does, but the way he moves is very Led Zeppelin-esque and so you could tell he takes a lot of that from them, but it was a good show. I mean, it, it, they're they're a cool band. I'm just not super into them, but yeah, they're whatever. But then you go from that to Nine Inch Nails. He's the drummer for Nine Inch Nails. He's been in the band since Josh Freeze left, essentially, like 10 years ago. So he's been like, I think probably, he probably has to be like the longest running drummer for Nine Inch Nails ever. And he was technically, we talked about on the pod, Elon is the, the youngest person to ever be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's like 30, he's our age, he's 34. Yeah, we talked about that when we were like dissing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because of yeah. how how little he's actually done with Nine Inch Nails, but because of his longevity with touring and, and studio work with Nine Inch Nails, therefore he is now a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I will say, though, like interviews I've heard with Elon, he seems like a really down-to-earth guy, very serious, but he, he knows his place. Like I was listening to a podcast he did recently, and he was talking about Nine Inch Nails, and he's he's like... Yeah, I know. I I wasn't there in the '90s. I know Trent Reznor was crazy back then, but you know, I'm I'm just the guy in the band now. Like he was, he knew he knew his his role in the band, and he knew not to think like like he had he he doesn't have that arrogance. Yeah. Of like you know, I'm I'm so great because I'm in Nine Inch Nails. Like he knows that he wasn't there during the peak in the '90s, but he still contributed a lot, and and he's played with the band for so long. He's a significant part of their their history. But he doesn't like. He's just not arrogant about it, which is really nice. It's really yeah. nice. To see. I mean, he, the, the guy plays with like ton of different bands. He he's playing on Frank Turner's new album that's coming out next year. Oh, so is he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, there's just a lot of. I don't know. The, he he's everywhere. He's yeah. everywhere, and I think that's I don't know. That's and awesome. You know what? I found out recently too. He actually took drum lessons from Travis Barker. Oh, back God. in like the early two thousands. Yeah. That's annoying. Isn't that weird? It's, I just I, <laughs> I had no idea. That is very weird. Yeah, he because he was the po- whatever. I don't remember what podcast I was listening to, but he was talking about you know taking lessons from Travis and how how strict not str- well, I guess strict and like Travis was in his teaching. Like he said, like you have to learn the basics, the rudiments. Like this is the most important thing. He's like a lot of drum teachers don't do that, and he he praised Travis like extensively about his teaching, which is pretty cool. But it was. It, cool. it makes sense. Like we 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 shit on Travis, but it's never about his drumming. No, no, his drumming other, is just amazing. Other than it's it's too good for the record, like Enema. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's always about his personality, and that's that's all we yeah. ever shit on Travis about is or his lack personality. Of, 
Yes, of, yeah, lack of per, extreme lack of person. Sadly, Travis was born without a personality. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, fucking asshole. Yeah. Okay. So what? What, what, what are we talking? We, yeah. we played automatic. We talked about it. Fucking shit, man. That's what we do. We we go on little yeah. tangents about random things about the records and just bullshit. Sure. 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 Um, so what do you got for your three B? Uh, euphoria. Euphoria. Oh, okay, that's, right. Let's get into that. What do you got? Dude, first of all, another cool techno intro, and I call all electronic stuff techno. So True, coming off a of time bomb, um, this is a fantastic techno intro. I like how the heavy <laughs> I like how heavy the guitars come in in that riff pattern that's used. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Solid bass line. There's some phase effects here, but it's less goofy because it's more of an 80s era phase sound and it's deliberate. So sometimes when they use like the phase and then a lot of the flange, it's overdone and it's silly because it doesn't match quite what they're going for. On this album, they use a lot of, or they use both of those effects. They use the phase and then the flange, which are different things, but like that stuff came out of the eighties. It didn't come out of the eighties. Like the phase was in the seventies and Van Halen and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like the eighties, that 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 phase effect in the eighties was very predominant in the music I feel I've listened to in the eighties. And it's goofy because they're paying homage to that sound. They're not trying to be something different. The bass line is very heavy. The bass line is solid. So it's kind of backing up that that riff pattern the guitar is using as well as that phase effect that's going on. So all of these things are making for a good pop song, but then Tom's vocal delivery, it's a little weird. It's a little, especially in the chorus, it's a little weird. And like kind of what he's doing is not, is not what I expected. And later on, he also does some really weird stuff. Vocally, he sounds a lot deeper than I think he's ever been able to sing. But this is this is one that he sounds a little bit weird. He he sings really high in this song, and especially in the chorus, his his voice is super high in that chorus, and it doesn't sound bad. It's just it's you just haven't heard him sound sing that high, you know, for so long for twenty years, you know. Yeah, really. <laughs> so it, it it's just it sounds so weird, but it doesn't it doesn't sound like Blink in two thousand. It just sounds, I don't know. I, I can't even explain it. It just sings so so high in that chorus. It sounds it sounds like Tom doing something else, and and like no matter what, because especially us, because we hold Blink in such high regard, it is impossible for us to listen to anything that Mark or Tom does without comparing it to Blink. True, and true. that is, we take that into consideration when we talk about these things and it's hard for us to think that Tom sings a certain way, whereas he's never sang like that in blink before, but this is different music and you're right because he does sing a lot higher, but on the other, there's there's another song on here that he sings a lot lower. And I think that it's not good. It's not like great. It's not, it's not historic. It's just different. It's just different, and it's it's it's, it's nice to see him still try. And <laughs> Are you I talking about losing my mind? Yeah, yeah, I figured. <laughs> God, that song is so fucking weird, man. I hate. <laughs> well, I 
I we'll get, love we'll to get hate that it. song so much. Yeah, we'll I love it. to hate that song. But yeah, like, like <laughs> this this album, dude. This album as a whole is just very, like, there's a lot of risks being taken, even though you don't think there are a lot of risks being taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. what that's what I really respect about this album. It's it's such a diverse record. It I was I was, that was the biggest thing for me when I listened to this in its entirety was how diverse it was and how every song was different from the other. That That's so rare, especially for a band or a, a guy who's been around for fucking 30 years now. You know, he's been putting out God, music consistently for 30 years. Oh, and then real quick, before we get back into Euphoria, uh, I somebody brought this up like on a podcast this week that I, I didn't even think of. Oh, because Tom was, Tom was on uh, Stryker's podcast. Um, and, and Stryker brought up, he said... How how strange is it that that you have you've recorded the same amount of records with Blink as you have with, with as you have with Angels and Airwaves, and that never crossed my mind. That is weird. He, he made six Blink rec- He's made six Blink records and f- and six Angels records. I. When you, <laughs> it doesn't. Wow, seem that like is that. so fucking like when right? you put it into that perspective. Like like you make his his top three blink records will probably be better than everything he'll ever do with angels and airwaves and like that uh, dude that like difference is is just is night and day that is so fucking yeah. bizarre right it blew my mind i'd never thought about that never ever thought about that damn yeah <laughs> that's so <laughs> weird yeah. i don't like it i don't like yeah. it that, i mean obviously this is excluding buddha but well, yeah, Cheshi, Cheshi. Why would you through, exclude Buddha? It's a record. It's the first record. Cheshi through neighborhoods. Yeah, six records. Fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. <laughs> wow, well, it bothers get... me, man. And it it really bothered me when he when he put that into that perspective. But whatever. So um, so back to Euphoria. Uh, musically, this this to me is like the closest. Tom has ever gotten to Boxcar Racer, and just that it's that it's that weird guitar riff. It's super heavy. It's it's almost that that like post hardcore that that Boxcar was trying to go for at the time, which they kind of did here and there. But it's a much it's musically it's a bit darker in tone until you hear like the higher vocals and everything like that. But yeah, that that main riff is very very Boxcar Racer, almost like Up All Night as well, because Up All Night had that kind of that heaviness to it and essentially i mean up all night is really just a b-side from untitled because that's when he wrote that song was during the untitled sessions true but uh let's play a little bit of euphoria and then we'll get into the lyrics and whatever else sound good sounds good all right here it is euphoria from angels and airwaves
There you go. There's a little bit of uh, euphoria from Angels and Airwaves. Um, so you, we were talking about how like this is a kind of box ca- box car racer esque, and kind of throwing it back to how that album was recorded and the sound of that record. Like, there's so much more just openness to that record compared to like a song like this, like Euphoria. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the the tone the tone of the guitars, well I don't even want to say the tone. It's just like the, like you can really differentiate between all the instruments. You know, they're everybody's doing their thing, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's it's it's, it's just, just a way of recording that's so different than what it is now. I I feel like post hardcore is when is when people really get into either like musical theory or just like random luck is because in, in post hardcore stuff, you hear a lot of just normal major chords mixed in with a lot of minor chords, but those minor chords are also like what I think is, is like augmented what people call like, like, like an a minor and then, you know, to the seventh augmented seventh or whatever it is adding Mm -hmm. like the pinky up to one note to let that A minor ring out into something a little bit, a little bit fucking weird, a little bit off color, a little bit almost off key, but you still get like the full effect of the A minor chord, but you're getting like a little bit, just that one note that's different. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's what makes post hardcore music like really, really cool is those weird chords that are being used. Similar to like what Chris Crabba was doing to be fair. Chris Crabba was doing with his like he was his open cordage that he was using, but but like with Euphoria, there's still that that mindset. There's still a lot of open cordage being used, but there's one or two strings that are being hit that are, and again, I'm not a music theory major, so whatever that is called, there's something we know can, so little about. Music. I know. Because you can get so fucking deep in this when really it's probably just like, oh, dude, if I put my pinky in this spot on this fret, on the fourth fret, it sounds fucking dope. That's probably what it really is. Probably, But yeah. when dissecting, it's a little bit deeper than that. And I think that's where we're at now is when we're dissecting Euphoria. The reason why it's so cool is because it is very post-hardcore. It is very boxcar racer. But instead of hitting like the third fret with your pinky... And an, and an A minor chord, you hit it in like the fourth fret. So you're turning it into like a post hardcore punk song into a post hardcore, maybe fucking, I don't know, emo song. Like you're changing mm-hmm. just a little bit about it. And even it's yeah. that one note can change like everything. That's true. You know what no, I mean? Like these fine, these fine, fine tunings. And given that Tom DeLong's been making music just almost as long as we've been alive, is, mm. is, is reason to believe that these tiny little nuances are intentional, especially coming off of wooden toe. If you just take like wooden toe and this, like again, my God, they're so fucking different. They're so different. vastly different, yeah. But they're the fucking same. They're the same like in their approach, like what they wanted to achieve, they're the same. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's just the way they happened is just so, they're just fucking night and day. It's just, I'm still blown away at this album. And Euphoria yeah. is my three B. I don't know if I get my point across in that one at all. No, no, no I understand. Don't I care. Understand. And and kind of kind of like when it comes throwing it back to like the songwriting too. The the podcast that Alon, dude, what the fuck? 
podcast. I think it was the Peer Pleasure Podcast, which is actually a very good podcast. The guy who who does that, he's super, super cool. He actually played in the Ataris for a while, but but he had Alon on, and Alon was saying when he joined the band that he said Tom writes almost all of his music in a major key and uses a lot of major chords or whatever. But when, when Alon came along, Alon kind of like introduced him like, why don't we do this? Why don't we play stuff in a minor key instead of a major? And he said, that's why, that's why everything after Alon came into the band changed so much was because he was pushing Tom into, into playing songs in a different key. In a, in a in a minor key rather than a major and Elon said like it's great that he that he likes that because he made a career off of playing in major keys but when I came along I he brought along like let's let's try something different as kind of simple as it is it changed the the trajectory of this band and this record honestly like I mean I don't understand like I mean I don't know a ton about like you know that kind of stuff but like I don't know, it it was an interesting perspective when when he was kind of calling Tom out about that, but not like in a negative way. He was just saying this is what he this is how he made his career, so let's change it up. And I, that's I mean, probably I why think these songs sound so weird, so different compared to what Tom's always done. I think specifically that like coincides with what Tom does. Tom Tom has an innocence about writing his songs, whereas Mark also has an innocence about writing his songs. But Mark has been utilizing like the minor stuff for very very long and and mark does that really well and plus 44 is like all about the minor stuff mm-hmm. whereas tom has has been like a really staunch proponent of the major keys and it's just different it's just different and for for i don't know for wooden toe to be so because it kind of is like all in in like major keys that there's not there's not a whole lot of of depth to it and uh, yeah like, yeah I fucking hate that I love Wooden Toe so much. I really do. <laughs> I really, really do. And I really tried to find like faults in this week, and I found a hundred. I found two hundred faults in Wooden Toe, but like overall, it's just too good. So like, the, given all of that, <laughs> God, it's so annoying. Given all of that, like, like Tom does, he did really stick to just writing songs and playing them on the acoustic guitar. In nothing but like major chords, mm-hmm. maybe like flats and sharps here and there, but mostly it was just like major chords. And this is this is the first time that he's incorporated a lot of different minors, and then a, maybe like I said earlier, I don't know what they what they're what they're called, but a lot of like augments, and sevenths and fifths, a lot of things like that, and and wrote like a really fucking good album. Yeah, he's That's he's what this, song is. this album is he's. He's grown since Wooden Toe. He he grew into oh, love. 100%. He grew into Eye Empire. He grew into all of these things. It wasn't the direction that I wanted him to grow into, but he did grow. And finally mm. come to this album. He has finally grown into the person that I really then like who the fuck am I? I don't know. But he's finally grown into the person <laughs> that I I really wanted him to grow into. Yeah. And and I am just blown away by the guy that could that can make me be so happy with Carousel and then make me be so happy into anything off of Self-Entitled to make me be so happy onto Wooden Toe, who can still make me be so happy onto Lifeforms. It's it's pretty fucking wild. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. 
I never, I never expected myself. I never expected to like this record as much as I did. Like, cause I, I mean, obviously I'm a Tom man. You and I are both Tom men, well. but this, this really kind of, well, you are, but that's fine. <laughs> but this, uh, but this, this record really kind of blew me away. I was, I mean, I was just, it's it just, like I said before, it's just so cool how different all these songs sound from one another, but yet they have this, this, this way of just flowing so well with one another. I don't know. It's just, it's just a really well-crafted record through and through. But anyway, I mean, I guess we could kind of save that for the final thoughts, but, um, but back to euphoria. Uh, the, euphoria is also my seven B by the way. Oh, deal. Yeah. So Ooh, there's that. So that's all right. All right. We can, yeah, I mean, so, we can, so what do you got lyrically just, on we this We can one? just skip it entirely. And then if you hate it so much, no, I, I, like I, I thought I thought they seemed to be about like being controlled or trapped by someone in position of authority, like on a macro mm-hmm. level, maybe like like a dig at toxic masculinity in society. Like since they're tackling a lot of societal issues now at this point in their career, mm-hmm. so the, like like the whole I mean even like the video and everything like this whole this whole thing of of just I don't know being being. In a in a position of of someone telling you what to do, I I got the feeling of toxic masculinity, and okay. they were pretty they were they were they were pretty they were pretty big on like uh, on that aspect. And Tom was was pretty vocal in other songs about current events and societal issues at mm. that point. True, true. Because it was recorded like last year, so. Well, yeah, no, it, I was going to bring that up too. So they started recording this in 2019. And, you know, when it, when I saw them in the fall of 2019, they had already released Rebel Girl and Kiss and Tell. And they were planning on releasing it at the very beginning of 2020, but then COVID hit and that that kind of ruined that release date. So then they actually decided to go back into the studio and rework all of the songs again and then that's pretty much all of what 2020 and and a lot of 2021 was was them changing up the rest of the record outside of rebel girl and kiss and tell and that's why we have the record we have now so i'm i'm almost curious like what were the songs sounding like prior to them going back like had they released this at the beginning of 2020 i wonder how different this would have sounded i i honestly think that like it's probably similar. I just think that we're getting songs like "Losing My Mind" because of that. I I, I think yeah, that the the meat and potatoes were there. I just think that "Losing My Mind" is a byproduct of that because "Losing My Mind." It's damn. That's almost a stinker. That's that's the closest <laughs> this album comes to a stinker because it's, it's so good. It's so, it's so dumb. Like it's lyrically, so it's so good. fucking stupid. Like, dude, come on, man. Like we know you're better than this. We know you're better than this. Why, why dumb yourself down for this one song? Yeah. And like wedged in between no more guns and automatic, and no more guns deals with kind of the same societal issues, but mm-hmm. it's just it's just presented differently. Like I mentioned earlier in like the Arlo Guthrie song, right? Like it took 20 minutes for that folk song to get around to like a Vietnam War protest. Like no more mm-hmm. guns, no more gun, normal guns. Well, normal guns would make sense too. No more guns kind of <laughs> does the same thing in a very insanely pop sounding way. Yeah, yeah. I know. What are we talking? We, we're on euphoria. Oh, I, I, are we saw euphoria. I did, I did wanna, 
Well, no, okay. Well, before that, because I, I, I did want to mention too, Matt Matt Rubano, who used to be in Taking Back Sunday before he was like unrightfully fired from the band, like in a really fucked up way. Um, he joined the band as a touring bass player in in 2019 on that tour, and then he wasn't, you know, made an official member until like later in 2020. And uh, and I'm I'm kind of curious, like, how much Matt was, how much Matt influenced the the re- I guess for lack of a better term, like the rewrite of the record, because he's also like Elon, like he he knows musical theory. He's 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 an, he's a well accomplished bass player and musician. So I'm kind of I'm kind of curious, like how much input he actually had on the final say of this record. I don't know. I'm I'm just curious about that because I've never really I, I I never read anything about it. So I think it's I think it's so cool to have a guy like Tom who is just so naturally talented at writing catchy songs off the cuff. And like, God damn, it seems like Tom is just he just has a natural knack at writing catchy songs. Yeah, but. Yeah. But not like to diminish like his songwriting capabilities because they're it's fucking good, but they're yeah. all they're all on the same plane, you know what I mean? They're all they're all on the same plane, mm-hmm. but then you get a guy like Elon or, or or Matt, like you said, who knows a lot about music, and is like, hey, dude, just so you know, like you're really good at writing songs, but if you change this one thing, like it could open up an entirely new avenue for you. And I think that's what Tom needs constantly. Yeah, he needs that and, that push. And I think he didn't. He never got that from Wooden Toe after Wooden Toe until now. Yeah, it just I, I it think just might be right. Yeah, it just didn't seem like like anything ever changed. It was just the same thing over and over and over, just in various degrees. Yeah, moving forward, what's your what's your three B? Oh, my three B. Uh, my three B is Time Bomb. So we already talked about that one. Ooh. So then, what's okay. your what's your uh, what's your four B? 4B is no more guns. No more guns. Let's do that. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's so dumb. Honestly, I'm fine talking about no more guns, and then my 4B, <laughs> and I think we've pretty much covered the entirety of this record. Okay. So, so let's get into no more guns. The, the, I, that, this is my 6B, by the way. God, dude, I fucking I hate that I like this song so much. I really <laughs> I know do. it's so annoying, but it, I fucking love it. Oh, it's so it's dude. This is like some Rick Ocasek sounding pop music. This is so fucking pop. It sounds it's, like Green Day. Oh, it's so annoying. But it's like this is through and through it's like, Green Day right here. It's like it's like warning Green Day, but not even warning Green Day. Yeah, it's yeah. like the most pop of warning Green Day. Yeah, it's like it's like waiting. You know the song "Waiting." Oh God, that's I what, fucking that's what, hate that. I love that song too. I know the song's so good though. <laughs> I know it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's so irritating, but it's embarrassing. And boy, I don't give a fuck. Uh, but yeah, no, no more, no more guns. Vinyls, dude. Big, big bombastic drum sounds with crazy poppy melody, crazy poppy instrumentation. It's just mm. it's straightforward. Very little of their iconic Ava sound here. Oh, but it's nothing. It's, it's non-existent. It's very cool and a brave move on their part, and I dig. Tom Tom has never, ever written anything like this. There, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he necessarily wrote the entire song, but you probably didn't. But there's he's never released a song that has sounded anything remotely like this. This <laughs> is like straight up, not just like Green Day, like Warning Green Day, but like old school punk. The the 
the the chorus was that uh, the oos and all that kind of stuff like he he's known for the the oos a lot but not this kind of oos this is a different o that he uses on this this song and it's just it's so tra- like old school 70s punk Dude, I see like I was thinking this is like straight the cars sounding. I, this I is, can no, I can see that, like you're now that you said the Rick Ocasek thing, that makes I mean that makes perfect sense. Makes perfect I didn't even make that that kind of like reference or connection, but I totally get it now. It's like deliberately pop music and it's it's mm-hmm. he's not even trying to hide it in the Angels and Airwave sounds. Like he's it's so it's so obnoxiously in the front that like you can't yeah. help but love it. <laughs> I, oh, it makes me so mad that I love this song. It really you know does. What? I will say there's one line in the lyrics that I hate so much, and it's drinking shots of ancient whiskey. I what? hate that line. I, why? I, just, I cannot. I don't know why. I have no idea. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. First of all, I don't know what I don't know what that even means. But it just sounds so cheesy. I. It's like it's like going to a party and someone's like, "Oh, dude, I got Johnny Walker fucking." Pink, purple, maroon. <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. Johnny Walker's Johnny Walker. He's like shit whiskey to me. I don't know. And that's what that's about. It's about drinking shots with your boys, with your girls, with your homies of ancient whiskey. But just him calling it ancient Love whiskey. It. Is Love it. Love so, it. Oh, I hate it. That's not even like anywhere near being the worst line of the album. But yes, that no, is. No, what's the worst line of the album? It, it's something. You don't even know. No, I, I do know. It's anything from fucking uh, losing my mind. No, oh, losing okay. my mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so should we play a little bit of uh, of No More Guns and then we'll get back into it? Yeah, 21 Guns. 21 Guns. Here we go. Bike Green Day. <laughs> There we go. No more guns from Angels and Airwaves. Probably the most unique and outlandish song that Angels and Tom has ever put out. So weird. It is is the most unique song that Angels and Airwaves ever put out, but 
it's even for Tom. This is pretty. This is pretty out there for he's. Ne- there's no other song that sounds like this. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing. Come on, man. They did that cover of like like the Billy Idol song. Fucking what's it called? Dancing with myself. Dance with that was, yeah, but that sounds exactly like the cover. Like th- that's a cover song. That's not. Yeah, but that was pretty. That was that was early in the career. That was pretty. That's a, that's a to bad like example. Come on. Well, yeah, that was that was a good. That was, that's an eighties pop song. Yeah, but that's a cover. It's not their song. That's not True. a fair comparison. No, you're right. But they did it. He sang it. True. No. Yeah. They they did do it, and he did sing it. Yeah. That's I'm a great saying. cover. I I love that cover. Sweat. Might be better Sweat. than the original. No, it's it's better than the original. Because Billy Idol's not that great. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's true. Come on. <laughs> Fucking. Don't I will say I will say that I saw Billy Idol live like five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. Did and you? yeah, oh, it was. No, I thought it was longer than that. This was like eight years ago. Wasn't that like pre, pre when like a long time ago? Maybe it was like eight to ten years ago. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Yeah, continue. Sorry. Yeah, it was it was a long. T- no, you're right. It was it was pre. It was pre current relationship long ago. <laughs> yeah. So that had to have been like 10 years ago. Mm. But he had to have been fucking a million years old already. And he slayed, dude. He killed. Like He <laughs> he is fit. I don't know if it's on drugs or if he just hits the gym a lot. But he is fit and he slays. He sings. He dances. He runs around the stage. He crowd interacts. I saw him at Pachanga. It was a, a casino in Southern California. He slayed. It was a fantastic show. I was incredibly surprised how good it was. That's that surprises me too, honestly. Yeah, no, I was. I thought it was. I was going to see him in a wheelchair. To be honest, <laughs> the most commercial punk guy you could ever fucking go see. Yeah. Oh man, I love him. But anyway, no more guns. Back to this one. Uh, lyrically, what do, what do you have on this one, dude? This is a criticism of gun violence and racism in America. I with you. I, I, I with. I with you. What the fuck is wrong? I with I'm you? A, I'm fucking stupid. I fuck. <laughs> so what? No. So no more guns. This is me, kind of, or this is him, kind of saying, <laughs> "Dude, what is wrong?" With you? <laughs> so you're writing these songs now. Tell me, what were you thinking when you wrote this on? <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! This is what happens toward the end of the pod. It fucking gets stupid. Well, it's, it's always stupid. It's early for being as late in the pod as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so lyrically, this is this is him kind of, <laughs> dude. Oh my god! Oh, I thought there was a pause and like I thought there was a break in the in the connection. I was no, like, I had no, my hand on the me, mouse, ready to click stuff. The lyrics are from the perspective of, say, like a, a police officer and him kind of him criticizing like what they do and and how they they say they're out to protect the people. And I don't know, it's just it's it's a straight up criticism about police. And, and I and I was very surprised to see Tom DeLong go after the police or like criticize the police. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Like he kind of he kind of like mocks them saying like, you know, just them kind of going out and just being goofy. Like they're just goofy idiots. And as punker as he is or punk rock as he likes to say he is, like it just doesn't, it just seems weird coming from him. Stupid. It, it does. I mean, Tom DeLonge's no, no 
I mean, he's probably had more run-ins with the police than most people in his life, especially in the early days of Blink and the skateboarding thing that he had going on in the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s. I mean, he, he's had more run-ins with, than anybody probably. So it is weird, but it's also kind of nice to know that after so many years, he's still, and we know he's been questioning authority on a on a macro level, right? The government has always been like his main target. The yeah. government is hiding secrets. So on a more micro level, it is nice to see him still kind of fuck authority as Jim Lindbergh and Fletcher would say in Pennywise. But then I with dig. that being said, like then he's like balls deep into like government whatever, you know? So like how much do you want to like believe him what with what he's talking about? You oh know, damn! Are you questioning the gospel of Tom DeLonge? Well, I, dude, I question everything, man. Oh damn, girl! Tom or not? Because Tom or not, baby. because in losing my mind, your boy over here, and I quote <laughs> because I have this written down as the dumbest fucking line that he's ever said because uh, it's so stupid. He says, "I said this is quoting Tom DeLonge. I said we're not alone, and the government knows it." Oh, dude, I hate that line. I like, fucking hate what that are line. you doing? I hate that line. It is, uh, it's so annoying. Like, I what a way it. to fucking erase, like, whatever. I mean, to Tom DeLonge, it's been a uphill battle for this kid, yeah, especially yeah. in the, the alien realm. It has been an uphill battle. And then th- there's no better way to erase, like, all <laughs> of the progress you've done by releasing a song with a line like that. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. It is so bad. <laughs> I know it. It goes against everything that you're trying to promote because why should we all of a sudden? Why should we believe you when you're in cahoots with the government? Yeah, it's just, it it, just it doesn't like the burden sense. of proof falls on you already, and so when you yeah. when you act like a child, it's just it's so hard to get behind. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. I, I mean, I'll always be behind him. Even when I pretend not to be behind him. Me too. I mean, you always be behind him, even when you're pretending to be behind hey, him. Hey, man, I, I buy his books. I think he puts out good books. I've read them. Yeah, you probably buy his used socks and shit. I don't know the fuck you buy. <laughs> I don't buy it. Come on, man. I don't go that far. I don't buy the socks. Uh, I don't know they, about they that. They do have socks. They do have socks, but I do not buy the socks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt that they have used socks. <laughs> what is what is your 4B? You oh, said, my well, God. My 4B. Is uh, losing my mind? Oh, wow! Yeah, that, that, and that—that's kind of what I was saying. Like, wow. we've talked about like most of the songs, and the two wow. that I, the, the two that I wanted to touch upon the most were uh, were losing my mind and no more guns. I, I know. What? I what? know. I know. This I know. song is. It's crazy. Song, I know. This song is an okay song, like like through and through. Like it is. It is the most. This is the poster child for an okay song. I mean, it's got like this a is, nice heavy bass sound. The, like, there's some like weird Billie Eilish sounding stuffs here. Some of like mm-hmm. the smaller spoken word type things that are going on with like the electronic stuff in the back. It's fine, and it turns into a nice song with with like a decent enough structure. But overall, I mean, there's not a lot of meat here. To me, this is like the most Disney. Or animated Disney movie sounding song he's ever written. It's so it's so weird. It's so it it's just so unusual. This and No More Guns are the weirdest songs he's ever written. The most unique songs for him that he's ever written. And it's just the it's the staccato kind of verse that he's kind of going along with. 
but then that pre-chorus that where he kind of I don't I, he doesn't belt out the pre-chorus but just the he kind of holds the notes and then it that that awesome drum fill into the chorus or just like not even awesome just like simple drum fill into the chorus it's so catchy it's such a fucking catchy song like <laughs> i didn't want to like it at first i did not want to like this but then i found myself listening to it over and over again and then when when i got the vinyl i was i was I put it on for the first time and tammy was here and we would listen to it together and and she's like this is a really weird song but i really like it like and she even said too i don't want to like this but then she like it was like she was hooked it's it's so fucking catchy and it's it it makes no sense it's, it's almost so like amateur not amateur but just childish it's almost like the song that undercuts his entire existence outside yeah. of blink like the most is the one that you like because this 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 song like really, I don't know. Then this song like really undercuts like his 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 respectability in the alien world and the UFO world or whatever Demi Lovato wants to call them, UFOs. Oh it yeah, really, yeah, it really like <laughs> she undercuts want to call them aliens or something. Fuck her, dude. Whatever. <laughs> it really undercuts like his perspective on on what we want on what he thinks we should be listening to. It's like oh my god! It's it's a good song, and that's why it's not a stinker. But it's bad. It's bad in that it really undercuts like his his perspective and his point that he's trying to get across. I don't. Well, maybe lyrically, yeah. But yeah, first no. I'm I'm, I'm speaking one hundred percent from the lyrics. Oh, you are. You are okay. okay, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Lyrically, I agree with you, but musically, not, 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 not at all. I, but also in the um, lyrically in the last chorus, the the line, the voice in my head is now a fatal house fire. He uh, he purposely said "yed" instead of "head," just as a throwback to Blink. Really? Yeah, he said that he was on the the Peer Pleasure podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and and he brought it up on the podcast. He said that that was because because the the guy on the pod asked him like you know <laughs> do you do you ever like find yourself listening or like hearing your songs and he brings up like all the small things and he's like I can't believe that song is popular I sounded like a five year old and then he said yeah and there's even a song on the new Angels and Airways record losing my mind at the end I purposely say yed as a throwback to I miss you and I thought oh, really so cool. good yeah he he purposely said yed instead of head and then I I never noticed it because I had heard the song a shit ton of times prior and i never really noticed it and then i went back and listened and sure as shit he fucking he says yet damn look at him with the fucking sense yeah. of humor decades later i know i liked it i liked it so <laughs> um but yeah that I, I i still think it's a solid song and i and it is it's just so weird so i'm gonna play a little bit of losing my mind and then who knows might get into another song we might end it I don't know. So here's Losing My Mind from The Angels and Airwaves.
There you go. Losing my mind from Angels and Airwaves. One of the weirdest songs on this record. I love the song though. I, okay. I can't. I can't help it. What do All you think right. of the video? Which which video was this one? This right. is the one in Vegas where Tom dresses up like a in the in the tracksuit. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I don't know. It it wasn't. It was different because it wasn't like like overtly like sexual at first. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was it was fine. I guess the the guy who was in the video, his name is Rampage. I guess he's some big TikTok star. Never heard of him. And honestly, I didn't bother looking him up. But uh, <laughs> the so Tom was dressed up like in this Adidas tracksuit, like Jonathan Davis, full Jonathan Davis there, even with the long hair and everything. That cool beanie. And yeah, <laughs> and uh, apparently the character that he's playing in this video is the older brother of Boomer, who was the character he played in oh first day, the first day video. So this is the older brother of Boomer. Yeah. That's well, silly. Whatever. Whatever. Well, of course it's silly. It's fucking dumb, stupid shit. But okay, it, was, it was it was a, it was a cool video. Like there, I don't know. Any any time you walk in down the streets of Vegas, it's always going to be fun and nostalgic. Pretty much mm-hmm. for anybody living in America, because I, I feel like most young adults at some point go to Vegas with their boys or their girls or whatever and have a yeah. good night. So that's why it was cool. But I don't know. And it, it, it's always weird to see Vegas so empty. Like, you only ever see Vegas like that in the win, like January, or fucking December, you know, and when there's like, there's just nobody there, you know. So it was weird them seeing them like walk around Vegas or dance around Vegas, I guess. I thought it was weird to there. see, I thought it was weird to see Tom along like have fun and like dance well, there's and that gyrate too, yeah. and be crazy yeah. because all of the other videos are always him starring him with some girl yeah. in her underwear and it's just i don't know it, it, it <laughs> I gets how weird much that's bothering you <laughs> because it's weird at some point when he's like a fucking old ass adult like it's just, yeah. it's just weird at some point yeah yeah but yeah. he still has fun with the ugly ass tiktoker i don't know it's yeah. cool you're right you're right and oh man the the, the second verse i'm just reading through the lyrics again they're oh just boy. so bad <laughs> like, <laughs> There, there's idiots abroad, and they're all fucking racist. Oh just yeah, just so straight dumb. up. It sounds it, it, so dumb. I'll put us back at ease because we need more complacence. Complacence, yeah, yeah. Bad, bad lyrics, bad lyrics, bad delivery. Bruh. But it's a great. Come on, man, it's a great song. That that pre-chorus too. Like like we've always talked about Tom, or at least I have at least. Or at least I have at least. I'm a fucking idiot. What's wrong with At me? least I have at least, yes. Yeah, I'm a fucking moron. Yep. Yep. Um, but his his pre-choruses are some of the best things he's, he's ever written in any song. Like, it, he's just, he's so good at that build-up into the chorus. And this is one of those examples. The pre-chorus is so fucking good. It's way, it's the best part of the whole song. That's all I got on Losing My Mind. You got anything else? I know. That, that is it on the song that I think is okay. <laughs> Oh my God! Should we get it? What do you want to do next? What, I mean, the big talking points I think are over. I'm looking through my notes. See yeah. if there's anything really, really big so, that I wanted to touch upon. Oh, there, there's there's one other thing, real quick. The song "Restless Souls." The the melody in that chorus is identical to "Everything's Magic" and the song "Dry Your Eyes" off of Love Part Two, because "Dry Your Eyes" was a ripoff of "Everything's Magic." 
so this song restless souls is the ripoff of the uh, ripoff of those two songs interesting because I, I i wrote that this i thought this was a, a blend of like some of the deeper parts of neighborhoods and mm-hmm. things they were doing after wooden toe okay so like i guess that I, would I'm, make sense i'm not as specific as you were but i think we're in the same ballpark here i think so too i i really think so too and i'm <laughs> and i'm not the only one because if you go like on whatever tom DeLong, blink whatever People say people people have always said that dry your eyes is like a blatant ripoff of everything's magic, and now people are starting to say the same thing about restless souls. At least the chorus part, the chorus oh, part. Tom, but it's still his song, fucking, so who cares? It's such a fucking banger, though. Restless souls is so good. That's my <coughs> five B. That's my five that's my B. six B. All right, all right. Yeah, it's good. So then, so then your least favorite song, just real quick, is losing my mind. Uh yeah, losing my mind is for sure my least favorite song, but okay. that's only because of the lyrics. I think if I had to pick like an overall least favorite song, mm-hmm. and it's not even like a fault to this song in particular, it's just where it's placed. Is a fire in a nameless town. I'm that's my on that one. I think that's my least favorite song, but I like a lot of things about this song. I think it's just like placed between Rebel Girl and Kiss and Tell. Like, come on! Do you, you, you? It's weird. That's no man's land. You're not going to survive between those two songs. You're just not going to survive. And yeah. I like, I like the idea. Like the lyrically, I think it's about knowing, knowing someone is leaving you, and kind of like as a last ditch effort, you you let them know that that you'll be waiting for them. Like, hey, I'll, I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Just mm-hmm. straight hopeless. And I like the name of the of the song, "A Fire in a Nameless Town," like fire being. Being something important to life in general, and in a nameless town, being so insignificant, I like the contrast. But I don't think, I don't think the music follows that kind of insane contrast. There's a good, there's good stuff to this, and it's not a stinker. But I think having such a good lyrical delivery, having a good lyrical melody, and then a lot of the a lot of the stuff too later on reminds me of like Jimmy and Roll type choruses from back in the day. Like how Jimmy okay. and Roll would just do a very, very basic chorus on like static or or uh, clarity. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of that here. I just think this this song was doomed to begin with. Sandwiched in between two bangers. Yeah, you really can't put it in between those two. I mean it's Not my nine B. It's my nine B and my ten B is Rebel Girl. Which I still think is a is a really good song. Wow, yeah, it's still my it's still my ten B. Is it because he I, says rebel girl? Like no, that? I think it's I think it's <laughs> it's more like a it's it seems like a very copy and paste kind of song. Come like the, my way, come come. Yeah, my and then way. like do, do, do you <laughs> want like it's the it's the it's that kind of shit. And then there's even one point in the song leading out of the bridge where it just it sounds so unnatural, like literally everything stops but not for the right amount of time. So you get this like weird silence that's n- doesn't seem to be like timed properly. So it just it it's a really disjointed kind of sounding song and that's always really bothered me since the first time I heard it. But I still like it. I think it's very fucking catchy. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fi- fire fire in nameless town. I think is a really good song. I just think it it falls victim to placement and and that's mm-hmm. about it. Agreed. Agreed. It does throw back a little bit to Wooden Toe, like the way he kind of sings and draws out the notes and everything. But you're totally right. It's 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 a slower song, and to be in between two super 
catchy songs, especially Kiss and Tell, which is not only catchy but fast. It's uh, it's 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 definitely a weird placement, but whatever. Whatever. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, <coughs> let's give our final thoughts and then give our rating yeah. of the record. So yep. we have a three point a, a world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. We're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is a trash fire. So what do you got on Angels and Airwaves and their album Life Forms? Go. I, I was super happy that I waited. And I, I really always am at this point now that we're collecting vinyl head first. I was super happy that I waited to listen to it in its entirety until I got my vinyls in the mail. And in doing so, I, I think there's just a little bit more, there's a little more work involved with a listener as opposed to throwing on Spotify where I, I can pick apart things so much easier than I can listening to it on the vinyl. Like I can't stop it and then rewind a part real quick or listen to the track over again. I got to go through the motions over and over and over. So there's a little more work involved on my end, mm-hmm. which I think is good because I don't think you should be able to di- digest music in its entirety on the first, on the first bite, much like you can't digest food on the first bite. You got to chew it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, I was do, like, yeah, yeah. That was actually, that's, that came out really stupid, but that was actually a really good anecdote that I just threw it was, out there. Yeah, that was good. That was solid. So so I, I am I am happy that I waited. I was worth the wait. The new life forms was worth the wait. And I was not disappointed. Like even even the songs that I thought were stupid lyrically, uh musically, the stuff that I think are not bangers are still pretty fucking good. And like mm-hmm. we just we literally just talked about a fire in the nameless town. I think it's a killer song and I really, really like it. So overall I think I would probably give this. It's not a perfect album. We're not even close to being a perfect album, but okay. But uh, I do two point seven five. I do two point seven five. Okay, that's yeah. that's pretty high. I'm very I'd, surprised. I would do two point seven five because I really. I mean, we love Blink. Blink's like our our thing, and Blink. Damn it's one near, of the few things we could agree on. Damn near, do nothing wrong, and and even like later blink, I'm very forgiving of, and you are very not forgiving of. What are you talking about? I'm very forgiving of California, not nine, because nine is kind of trash. <laughs> you are not forgiving of in any capacity. I am very forgiving of New Blink, and <laughs> uh, this. Guy. There are similarities to New Blink in this. Mm, no, but only in production, not really execution. Oh, okay. But uh, I don't know, man. Tom DeLonge, he did it. He did it. He, uh, I, I wrote off Angels and Airwaves after like Love, Part One, and yeah, I, I, yeah. I thought these these guys are a fucking joke. These guys are a joke of themselves because Wooden Toe is not. Like if there were other if there were other albums that came out at that time that sounded like Wooden Toe, Wooden Toe would be trash. It really would. But because they're like the only, they were the only band to release something that sounds like that. Mm-hmm. They were they were, they're in uncharted territory. It's True. it's just good. It's just it's really good. So the report card status, Angels and Airways have done a lot of good. They've done more bad in my eyes than good, but their good vastly outweighs the bad. And this is easy two point seven five. I had a great time with this, and uh, I'm super happy to get my new vinyl in the mail. My third iteration of this because <laughs> I keep selling You're the them. Worst. <laughs> I keep fucking telling this. It's supposed to be here tomorrow. <laughs> oh, dude, you are the fucking worst. I, swear I know. I didn't want to say what I've been doing to this thing. So go ahead. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's what whatever. I got. Two point seven five. Two point seven five. All right. For me, 
uh, this this one actually really surpassed my expectations. I I wasn't expecting a lot because Dreamwalker I I do enjoy, but ever since Elan joined the band, I never I just wasn't expecting a lot. I felt like it was like less Tom and more of outside influence, which I never really dug, unless it was Mark, of course. But uh, yeah, I just was little expectation, and and I like Rebel Girl, but Kiss and Tell was just so much better. And so I was I was wary about what what was going to come up, and honestly, man, yeah, this is this just really kind of blew me away. It really did. There's so much, there's so many different things going on, like we talked about with No More Guns, um, and and just I just there's nothing wrong with it. Even even the okay, I don't even want to say the Here okay songs, we go. but the okay, but the okay Here of this album go. are so fucking good. So go ahead. give it. We're not. Got I'm it. not gonna. I'm not gonna go much more and into I can dance we, around we spent like ahead. an hour and a half you give it a perfect three because we spent like an hour and a half talking about it but there we go i mean we all know i don't do this often oh god are you fucking kidding me there's we no all way know, we all know i don't do this often but i'm gonna have to give this album a perfect three. Oh my god three out of three you're such a fucking wiener i dude i've listened to this record since it came out not just on on vinyl i probably listened to it like four or five times but on Spotify, I've probably listened at least ten times. Like I, I can't get enough of this. This is, it's so fucking good. Oh I, God, I don't know. What, it's, it's so, it's excellent. This is an excellent record. It's a perfect record. Three out of three. Excellent. I don't know why you're, why are you such a hater? Why? What's wrong with? I love this record. Thinking it's, something is perfect. This is not perfect. I mean, that's what it is. I just explained why, but that's why. We just spent an hour and a half talking about why it's perfect. So you're just, you, it's, it's, it's just silly, silly boy coming from you. But anyway, um, go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. And uh, yeah, I have no idea what we're doing next. So that's cool. So that's it. That's all. Good job. Time to Yeah, we do. Here we do. When you act like a bitch, you're a bitch. Bitch is a bitch, and a bitch is a bitch. <laughs> when you're really hearing those noises, like like someone's standing there twisting something, like they're playing Bop It, is essentially what the intro to Wooden, <laughs> what the, the adventure is. They're, somebody's playing bop, bop It, somebody's twisting, somebody's bopping, somebody's pulling. It's just. Really? Yeah, this is a solid one. Ah, uh, dude, you are the fucking worst person I've ever spoken to. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is love part one the first one uh this love. is love love is dangerous <laughs> exactly what i was thinking <laughs> so good <laughs> so pathetic <laughs> oh you're such a loser i hate oh everything about you and tom DeLong is all the worst <laughs> everything is the worst but it- your distraction. We don't. Okay. We, we don't start now. I just. No, no, I know. I'm just queuing yeah. it up. Well, you you started it, but that's fine. I did because I wanted to queue yeah. it up, but that's fine. Well, that's uh, fine. You can keep talking. So here's um. Here we go. <laughs> Intro. <laughs> Use me. <laughs> oh God. I know we It's like an old dude. Vibers sounds like an old man when he comes in after Tom's. No way. I know. He sounds like.
fucking asshole. <laughs> I with you. I, I, I with I with you. What the fuck is I with you? I'm, I'm fucking stupid. I fuck. So what? No. So no more guns. This is me kind of. Or this is him kind of saying, <laughs> dude, what is wrong with <laughs> oh So you're writing these songs now. Tell me, what were you thinking when you wrote this on? <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs>